welcome to the Upper Perkiomen Community Church Podcast. Join us on Sundays at 258 Main Street, East Greenville, Pennsylvania. Refreshments at 9 a.m. Worship at 9.30 a.m. Or visit us online at upcconline.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy our teaching time with our special guest speaker. So we're coming here uh, at the end of our core value series here at UPCC. We're wrapping it up with Give Generously. And just like any topic we cover or any of the core values we cover, uh, we call, all come with different backgrounds, different perspectives, different experiences with these core values. Um, so when you hear the core value or the word give generously, what comes to your mind? Money, okay. What else? Going out of your way for someone else. Very good. What else? New elevator. elevator. (laughs) Uh, John John reached out to me this morning and said, hey, praying for you as you preach. And he said, I want you to bring fire and brimstone this morning. I expect you to raise enough money for the elevator when I return. (laughs) So I got a big mantle on my shoulders this morning. What else? Time, talent, and treasure. treasure. Absolutely. So when we think of give generously, and those are all good answers, uh, we all come with different things in our mind, and as we have laid out, we try to lay out we, during this core value series all the different definitions that come with the core value. So this morning, we can look over the definition of give, give generously up on the screen, and I'll read it to you guys. Uh, we are all created in the image of God, the great giver himself. At UPCC, we challenge our church body to reflect that image in the sharing of time, treasure, and talent in an abundant, joyful manner. Jesus came that we might live life and live it abundantly. What better way to do so than to live our lives with an open palm, not holding tightly to God's many blessings in our lives, giving cheerfully and abundantly of all that God has given to each of us is one of the ways for us to worship God every day. Now, that's quite a definition, and we could dissect that word for word, but don't worry, we're not going to. We're going to focus on one specific phrase in there as we discuss the topic Um, give generously, and that's the phrase that actually Terry mentioned this morning, time, treasure, and talent. Um, Now, before we go into these three types of giving, um, there's a very important principle for all of us to understand, and that's called the stewardship principle. Now, since God owns everything, we are merely stewards of his assets. Now, the word steward, when you think of the word steward, it's probably not a common word used every day, like, oh, it's good to see you. You've been a good steward today, right? We don't, we don't typically use that phrase. In fact, when you hear the word steward, probably a lot of us, our mind goes to an airplane stewardess, right? Um, so steward is not a common word we use, but a simple way to just describe what a steward is, is simply a manager. Now, that's probably a word that most of us are familiar with is the word manager. Maybe at work, you are a manager. Maybe you work for a wonderful manager at work. Um, we all have different experiences with manager, but there's a huge difference Uh, between a manager and an owner, right? So a manager is simply someone that has been given the power over different resources, people, or uh, a job, a task at hand, and he is to simply accomplish that task. He oversees it. He makes sure it gets done, but he himself does not own it. Um, Think of it this way, and and when we think of the word manager, we typically, our mind goes to someone at work, or you might think of in the sports world of a manager of a baseball team, 
or a general manager that oversees the player development, things like that. Could you man, uh, imagine a manager or a GM in this situation going up to the owner of a sports team and say, hey, guess what? You know what? Our team's not playing very well, so I went ahead and just whacked everybody. They're all fired. Um, we're just going to start fresh. I don't really think this is a good idea. And in fact, I, I sold uh, all of our resources uh, due to just the, the deal we have with Pepsi is not going very well. And, and he goes on and on and just basically tells the owner, hey, I got rid of everything that you own. What do you think happens to that manager? doesn't last very long, right? Because he is nothing more than a facilitator of resources. And that's what a steward is. It's a stewardship principle that we see throughout Scripture and many different passages. And it's very important for us to understand that concept as we think of the word give generously. So let's go over and flip over to a Psalms chapter 24. Psalms chapter 24. And like Spencer last week, I'm going to be flipping through a lot of different passages, um, because when you teach topically, you kind of jump all over the place, but they all have uh, very purposeful uh, points in Scripture where we'll be at this morning. So Psalms chapter 24, and kind of give us a baseline of being a steward and who owns everything. Psalms chapter 24, verse 1, clearly says, the Lord is the earth and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. So how many here are not part of that verse? Good, no one raised their hand. That's good to see. So very simply, Scripture lays it out that God owns everything, right? He's the owner, and in this fact, in this case, the creator of everything. So that needs to be our baseline understanding when we come to the topic of give generously, because if we understand what we are as stewards and who is the owner, that puts everything in proper perspective. God owns everything, and he holds everything together, and one day he's going to make everything perfect again. That's our owner. That's our God. Uh, flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we'll see this, this passage in here where God wanted to make it very clear and remind the Israelites who the owner was and who the steward was. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And verse 17, beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers at it is this day. So Moses had a great perspective um, of what uh, God was and what he gave and all that he provided, all the different things they brought through out of Egypt and things like that. And Moses is trying to remind the Israelites before they enter the promised land about what's going to happen. And he says, listen, as you enter the land, it's going to be very easier for you to get over there and be wowed and drawn away by all these nice, shiny, bright things. But remember who I am. I am your creator. I am your owner. I am your God. And I'm the ones that it has given you these cities that you have not built. I've given you these fields that you didn't have to plant. I've given you these, these servants that you didn't have to uh, capture yourselves. God provided all these different things so that when the Israelites enter the promised land, it was already ready for them to go. He does the exact same thing for us. So it's God who has provided it all, and he continues to provide it all for us even today. Uh, I love this quote. C.S. Lewis quoted, Every faculty you have, your power of thinking, 
or of your moving of your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you cannot give him anything that was not in his sense already his own. So now think about that, that quote. If we woke up every day and spent every waking moment trying to give it back to God, guess what? He already owns it. And so keeping that, again, as a baseline in our mind that we are stewards of God's resources and everything we have is not our own anyways is very important to understand, and it's very clear from Scripture that we are simply stewards of God's earth. So what are we, very, what are we specifically stewards of? And as we already mentioned, it's treasure, time, and talent. So let's start with the first one, the stewardship of treasure. Uh, Randy Alcorn, he's an author of a book called The Treasure Principle, and he makes this very important point. He says, we cannot take it with us, but we can send it ahead. We cannot take it with us, but we can send it ahead. In other words, what are we doing today that however many years of life that we have on this earth, and we're spending our, our time, talent, and resources on, that we realize that at the end of that, when we close our eyes in death, we can't take it with us. But what you do today makes a difference in eternity. We can send it forward into eternity. Uh, flip over to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Uh, this is probably a pretty familiar passage for a lot of us. Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus is talking here in the Sermon of the Mount, touching on a lot of different topics. And in this case, he is talking about treasures. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this, this verse, probably for a lot of us, brought a whole new light this past weekend. How many of you lost power this past weekend with the, the little storm that came through, right? How many of you guys are still out without power? Yeah, I'm, I'm in that boat. I'm one of the lucky ones of the 318 that are in my little unit that are out of power. And it, it's amazing when you think of it uh, in, the, in the light of treasures, right? A lot of us, uh, we probably take pride in our homes, whether you're a buyer or renter. You take care of it, you want to take care of what you have. And there's so many things that we can chase after, and we're so consumed with the different treasures in our lives. And it was brought in a new light on Friday afternoon when my power went out, and we're still out of power. Thankfully, uh, Hannah's parents have opened up their home, and we're staying there. Hopefully not too long. It was funny. I, got, I signed up for a Pico Alert to let me know when my power's going to come back on. And we were excited. We were at dinner last night and said, all right, by tomorrow the 4th, today's the 4th, right? Yep. By tomorrow the 4th, by midnight, it's going to be back on. Then I got an updated text this morning that's saying they have no timetable when it's going to be back on. So I'm degressing with my energy source here. But anyways, I was reminded that, you know, first of all, God's the provider of everything. He's going to take care of us. And as we, as we pursue these different treasures, hold on to so many times that, uh, that we kind of lose focus of what, of who, first of all, who owns it. And then secondly, what are we supposed to do with these resources? And how very simply our treasures can be taken away from us. And what does Matthew tell us? Matthew tells us to lay up treasures in heaven where neither rust nor moth nor weather can knock out or destroy, but the things that we do for eternity are things that count, that we can pay it forward and put it ahead for eternity. Now, I'm sure all of us have either been given, us, given something as a gift or we bought something new that's really bright and shiny and exciting, 
uh, whether it's the first time you bought a house or you bought a car or someone gave you a really cool gift at Christmas, um, what happens typically within the first day, week, month, year of that shiny thing? It breaks, right? Or something goes wrong with it, or you lose it, or it doesn't look quite as shiny and bright. I was reminded of this. Um, I got a, um, I used to have a 96 Honda Accord. I stretched out as long as I could. It lasted about 20 years. So I, I got a, uh, a new used car. It was new to me. of another Honda Accord. And I was so excited. This car actually, you know, all the buttons worked on it, which is an upgrade for me. Um, it actually ran without any hiccups. And it was bright and shiny to me. The out, out by looked great. And it was probably within the first month I was driving home on Garyville Pike um, at night, a super foggy night. And this, I mean, it was probably the world's largest raccoon, ran across the street. <laughs> and it was one of those situations like, I got nowhere to go. Sorry, raccoon. And boom. boom. And uh, yeah, poor raccoon. <laughs> but um, I don't know what happened to the raccoon. I couldn't find him. I'm sure he ran off. I'm sure he's fine. Um, but <laughs> my Honda, unfortunately, took a brunt of it. And uh, the front right quarter panel just blew out. He just, his body just took it out. And uh, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, what in the world? That raccoon was something else. So I was reminded very quickly, like, wow, you know, okay, God, help me have the right perspective. This is just a car. It still runs. doesn't look as pretty. Uh, but it, it's these treasures that we have in this world, they don't last very long, do they? And so we have to keep that in mind that these things that we can pursue and we get distracted with, they're very temporal. Now, on the contrary, there are some people that have this mindset, well, you know what? Since treasures are temporal, I'm just going to, you know, spend it all. I can't take it with me, so I'm all just go out and blow it all. And I heard a quote that someone said, uh, my goal in life is to have my, my last dollar, my last breath happen at the same time. That's not very wise because for a lot of reasons. But anyways, there are this, this flip side that people just tend to just want to spend everything because they have a principle that they can't take it with them, so they might as well just blow it off. I came across an article this week that was uh, very interesting from this guy. Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know what Uber is, Uber is a uh, transporting service that you can, it's kind of like taxiing, but what you can do is you can sign up on the app, request a drive, someone can take you somewhere, and then that's it. Um, it's all done through smartphones and electronic money and things like that. So I read this article I came across this week about a New, a New Jersey man who got drunk, that was his first problem, in West Virginia, and mistakenly ordered a $1,600 Uber ride back to his home state in Jersey. He said it was crazy. Yeah, no duh. Uh, we reported on Wednesday that this guy named Kenny Backman thought he was, was taking an Uber back to where he was staying near West Virginia University. But when his drover woke him up two hours into the more, three, more than 300-mile journey to New Jersey, Backman says he didn't know what was happening or who the driver was. The trip has, had, was even more expensive because Buckman requested a Uber XL, which is like the next size up. So for some reason, randomly, he chose that because he was drunk. And so that, which a normal Uber XL car can hold six passengers, that's why it's more money, so that racked up the price even more. He had tolls, all kinds of stuff. So Backman, to no avail, said he challenged Uber, and Uber confirmed that the ride took place, and so he had to pay the bill. Backman at least had some, had some sense of humor. He gave the driver five stars for the ride, so at least the driver didn't get penalized for it. So... Hopefully, we're not as foolish as this guy with our money, right? We're not even coherent of what's going on with it. Because we all can tend to fall into one or two of the perspectives when it comes to money and treasures. We can say, 
all right, I'm just going to spend it all and do whatever I want with it. I'm not even think about it. I'm not, in this case, not even be coherent what I'm doing with it. Or we can be so tightly with it and say, you know what, I'm going to be chasing these things. I'm going to save them. I'm going to do those things. And those principles are not bad. But if that's our focus, then our focus is, again, not correct because it goes back to what we are stewards of God's treasures. So it's clear that we're not supposed to just do away with our treasures and we're not supposed to never pursue these things so that we have no resources. But as Matthew tells us, we're supposed to lay up treasures in heaven. Passages like 1 Corinthians 3.14, Matthew 10.42, and Malachi 3.16 all indicate the concept of doing good works as a Christian that will translate into some type of heavenly reward. God tells us throughout his word that, hey, once you're saved, once you've had that relationship with me, you're supposed to continue to do good works. And those that do good works, in some form, there's going to be some sort of heavenly treasure laid up for us that are continuing being faithful for him. And there's going to be loss of treasures and rewards in heaven for those that just kind of slack through life and don't do what God wants them to do. So the stewardship of treasures. The second main category is the stewardship of time. Now, time is something that's very interesting. When we think of time, um, it can make your, your, your brain kind of spin uh, that we are very finite people in an eternal realm. And so time continues to go on, even though it feels like sometimes you go into those doctor appointments that take forever, or you're sitting in traffic, like this past Friday, if you were caught in a snowstorm, it took you like, you know, five hours to go, you know, five miles type of thing. Time is a very interesting topic. But time is a very interesting resource because it's, as human beings, we all have the exact same amount of this resource each and every day. Now, we all don't have the same amount of years of life, obviously, but we are faced with the same question every morning when we, we, when we wake up, very simply, what are we going to do with this 24-hour period of time? Now, unfortunately, a lot of us waste time. In fact, William Penn said, uh, time is what we want most, but what we use the worst. It's so funny. We, th- we, always, we always wish, man, I wish I had more time. I'm so busy. I wish I had more time. But if you think back, even yesterday, what did you do with your time? Did you waste any time? Trust me, I wasted time yesterday. We all do that. We all find ways to waste time. So think about it. What are you doing with those 24-hour period of times every day that happens to you? Are you being a good steward of that time? So as a baseline, I, I did some research about what's kind of, what is the normal respect of time for people? What, what do we do as human beings? So on the average human being, they sleep eight hours a day. Now I realize, again, this is average. You may sleep more, you may sleep less. So don't take these facts and say, that's not me. If you're an average human being, this is what you do. Einstein slept 10 hours a night. So if you want to be smarter, sleep more, obviously. Uh, average human beings, we eat, spend about one hour eating and drinking, about eight hours a day at work, about two hours traveling from to or fro from different places, about 30 minutes a day cleaning. Probably someone that's not true for some people. Um, so if you add that all up, that's about 20 hours of your day. So then we're left with roughly four to six hours a day to do what we want with, right? A free time, I put in that category. The average American spends one hour a day online. That's just purely browsing, wasting time, that type of thing. And the average, this is sad, the average human being spends three hours a day on TV. So there's the other four hours already taken up if you're in the average. If you spend three hours a day on TV, you've spent nine years in your lifetime in front of a television box. So when you think of time, we're all dealt with that same question. What are we going to do with this time? Because again, going back to the Matthew passage, 
where our treasure is, where our time is, where our talents is. We have these opportunities to use this and be a good steward of it, to give generously back to God, because again, it's all His. Um, when it comes to time, the one passage I thought of was, uh, flip over to uh, Psalms chapter 90. Psalms chapter 90. When we think of the book of Psalms, typically who do we think of? David. David did not write this psalm, but you are correct. We typically think of David. This is one of the few psalms that Moses wrote. Uh, Moses has a great perspective on time, obviously, because he did a lot of things for God. Um, if anybody had a time management problem or would have had a time management problem, it would have been Moses. If you had to, lead, had to lead two million people out of a country into another country, time management was a big deal, right? And so it's, it's, uh, it's, this is a great passage. So let's dive into Psalms chapter 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight, or but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You swept them away as with the flood. They are like a dream, like a grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed, and the evening it fades and withers. Boy, that's an encouraging passage, right? That shows what your life is, just like that, it's time. But that's Moses. That's Moses' perspective on time. And Moses accomplished a lot of great things for God. But here's the cool thing. Jump down to uh, verse 10. The years of our life are 70, or even as by reason of 70, uh, seventh strength, excuse me, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. More good news, right? Verse 11, who considers the power of your struggle and your wrath according to the fear of you? And this is verse 12, and this is a phenomenal verse to kind of mark in your Bibles um, when it comes to time. So teach us to number our days that we may get, uh, get a heart of wisdom. Um, time is something that's uh, refreshed in my mind uh, this past week. Uh, this past week, uh, we had a really tough conversation as a family, and then we had to put my dad on hospice as of last Friday. Um, it wasn't a big surprise because my dad's almost 80, and he's going that direction, and he's starting with dementia. And so time has become renewed in my heart and also in my mom's heart, especially because she's the caretaker of my dad right now. And uh, it just, it made me step back and think like, wow, if I asked my dad how fast did 80 years go, he would say, you have no idea how fast it goes. Um, and we all want to grasp more time, right? But this, as Moses lays out here in verse 12, and this is a great verse to mark down as a prayer that it is great to start each day off. Because if you do this properly, if you, if you have this mindset, Heavenly Father, teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom and fulfill your purpose for my life. If we start each day off like that, we tend to not waste our time. We say, God, today is the day that, that you have made. I rejoice and be glad in it. I want to serve it. I want you to be the director of my life today. We tend to use our time more wisely. So when it comes to time, keep that in mind as we want to give that generally back to, the, to God. The third and final main category of stewardship is that of talents. Now, when I, when I think of the word talent, a lot of us typically think of someone that is 
either like musically talented this morning, someone that can sing, someone that can play an instrument, uh, whether your talent is in the job you do, uh, you might be very, have a very, very narrow focused skill set at work in your talent in that area. Um, but I think as Christians, we tend to overlook the concept of what talents is in Scripture, because talents is a very broad word that pretty much summarizes everything that we do. In fact, I looked up what talent can be defined as, and it's a general intelligence or mental power, so we all have that, natural endowments of a person, a characteristic feature, aptitude, or disposition of a person. In other words, whatever God has given you the ability to do, do it, and do it with a generous heart. So when it comes to our talents, we are all given these different levels and different abilities that God has, has given to us. Um, a common verse that a lot of us probably know comes from Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So this is the expectation of what God expects of us to do with our talents, with our abilities. Do it for him and do the best you possibly can. That's what give generously means when it comes to our talents. So think of your, think of your life. What talents and abilities has God given to you? So, Throw it out there. What, what, what is one example in your life that's talent? Pretty much there's no wrong answers here, just so you know. Job. Your job, okay. So you get up every day. If you have to go to work, God has given you the ability to go do that job. Someone says something over here. Parenting. Parenting. I'm just trying to learn that. George is not doing much right now, so it's not very hard, but I know days are coming when it will get harder. Uh, but yes, parenting, that is, a, God has given you and entrusted you with that child to parent. What else? What are other talents that we all have? Leadership. Leadership. Okay, depending on where you're at, whether in your home or at work or a uh, special activity that you do, you might be in a leadership position. Encouragement. Okay, some of us, some of us think that, you know, uh, I'm, just, I'm just good at encourage someone. That's not really a talent. That's a big talent. A lot of us need encouragement at times. I know you guys know more. Caregiving. All right, caregiving. What else? Sports. Sports. You can use that absolutely as a talent. How about a couple more? Teaching. All right, absolutely. Terry. Making chocolate chip cookies. That is a wonderful talent. So we all have these things in our mind. I'm sure we can think of it. These daily tasks and daily things that God has empowered us to do, that we have talents. Uh, I always think of that, that person that may get overlooked is that person that is able to sit with someone with a hurting heart, that can literally just sit there and listen or just sit there and be quiet. You might have that talent, but no one knows that. And, that, and don't let the devil trick you that it's not a talent because it is a talent. Not all of us can sit with someone and be quiet, trust me. Some people cannot do that. I know a few. Um, providing a meal for someone. You know, you stay-at-home moms. You guys have a lot of talents to be able to have the patience to do the child-rearing and to change poopy diapers, which is a talent which is not good uh, for anyone to have to do. All these abilities that God has given to us on a daily life these are our talents. And again, what does God call us to do? He calls us to give generosity back to him. And whatever you do, do it heartily to the Lord and not as to men. So God wants us to view him as a source of all of our treasure, time, and talents. 
and to give back to him accordingly and with a generous heart. He, uh, in uh, Paul, the apostle, in Philippians, uh, he concludes chapter 4 by saying, My God will supply all your needs according to his riches, riches and uh, glory to in Christ Jesus. So the concept of, you know what, if we give generously, and if I give it all away, then I'm going to be left with nothing. Well, first of all, obviously we don't want to be foolish and just give it all away. But as God lays on your heart and guides you to give with your time, talents, and treasures, give accordingly. Because what does Paul reassure us in the end of Philippians? He said, my God will supply all of your needs. And you will be amazed. If, you, if your mindset in, his, in life is saying, okay, God, I am purely just a filter of your resources. Let, as you bless me, I'm going to give and just let it go right through. You will be amazed how God provides for you in ways that you hadn't even thought of that would happen. And I always say this, and I'm a big, uh, a big believer of this, is that you can never outgive God. And I challenge you this year, try in 2018, try to outgive God without being stupid, okay? Don't sell your house to randomly and try to give it away to someone. But in, in all reality, as God leads you with the Spirit, try to outgive God. And you will be blown away the way that God gives back to you. Paul knew this, and that's why he wrote the, the verses in Second Corinthians chapter 9. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he is decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's a lot of alls in those verses. So in other words, God's got it covered. So this week, as you're thinking, God, what do you want me to do with my time, talent, and treasures? We all have areas that we can improve on them. Maybe you've, after hearing this this morning as a reminder, maybe you realize, you know what, God, I've been terrible with my time. I've been wasting time. I haven't been generous with my time. For other people, I've been hoarding my time, only focusing on what I want to do. Maybe it is your treasure. Maybe you say, you know what, God, I need to give up more of my money or the things and let them use, be used by you to bless other people. Or maybe it's a new perspective on your talents. Maybe you didn't realize that the daily things you do are the talents that God has given you. The pure fact that you have the ability to wake up each morning and walk on your own two feet is a huge talent because there are people in the world that would kill for that. So what are we doing with these talents that God has given us? Are we wasting them? Are we giving generously back to God? So with this as our mindset, we will be able to give out a generous lifestyle that will flow from a God-redeemed heart. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much uh, for being the ultimate gift giver. God, we, we cannot thank you enough for giving generously of your son to send him to this earth to die on the cross so that maybe we may have life for you. And God, allow us to use that as proper perspective as we uh, live out our life and realizing that we are just purely stewards of everything that you own and that we would never become close-fisted with these, these resources that you bless us with. God, help us to look for um, different and new ways to just give generously this year in 2018 and help us just to, to just see and feel your presence as we do this. We ask this in your name. Amen.